0: Welcome to our worship today from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. Our thanks today go to Kevin Bright and to Vanessa Griffiths for our readings. Our last hymn will be sung by St Martin in the Fields choristers, as usual, but our first hymn is one which the choir of Seal Church has put together. We each recorded our parts separately and Philip blended them all together in the Pentecost hymn, Come Down, O Love Divine... Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God, and of the whole company of heaven, to offer unto him, through our Lord Jesus Christ, our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love, and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel in silence, and remember God's presence with us now. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done. live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us, O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Our psalm this evening is verses from Psalm 104, We're beginning at verse 24. O Lord, how manifold are thy works! In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. So is the great and wide sea also, wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, and there is that leviathan whom thou hast made to take his pastime therein. These wait all upon thee, that thou mayest give them meat in due season. When thou givest it them, they gather it, and when thou openest thy hand, they are filled with good. When thou hidest thy face, they are troubled. When thou takest away their breath, they die, and are turned again to their dust. When thou lettest thy breath go forth, they shall be made, and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. The glorious majesty of the Lord shall endure for ever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. The earth shall tremble at the look of him. If he do but touch the hills, they shall smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And so shall my words please him. My joy shall be in the Lord. As for sinners, they shall be consumed out of the earth, and the ungodly shall come to an end. Praise thou the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
1: A reading from the Acts of the Apostles when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues, as of fire, appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? The others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No." And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved.
0: We say the Magnificat together. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed, for he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
2: A reading from the Gospel of John. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth who goes out from the Father, He will testify about me, and you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. I did not tell you this from the beginning, because I was with you, but now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief, because I have said these things. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of Truth, comes,
0: We say the Nunc Dimittis together. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us, and grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the Queen, and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. Endue thy ministers with righteousness, and make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord, because there is none other that fighteth for us, but only thou, O God. O God, make clean our hearts within us, and take not thy Holy Spirit from us. God, who as at this time didst teach the hearts of thy faithful people, by the sending to them the light of thy Holy Spirit. Grant us by the same Spirit to have a right judgment in all things, and evermore to rejoice in his holy comfort, through the merits of Christ Jesus our Saviour, who liveth and reigneth with thee, in the unity of the same Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. Lighten our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had come, the disciples were all together in one place. That opening line of our first reading would have meant a great deal more to those who first heard it than it probably does to us. If I told a story that started when Christmas Day had come, your mind would instantly be filled with very specific images. Holly and Ivy, turkey with all the trimmings, the Queen's speech, and a baby in a manger. There'd be a soundtrack too. Once in Royal David City, perhaps, or here it is, Merry Christmas, everybody's having fun, depending on your taste. Special days all have their distinctive sights, sounds, tastes, emotions, ideas associated with them. For the Jewish people of Jesus' time, like Jesus' first disciples, the day of Pentecost was the same. It was a significant day a day of celebration with its own associations and images. But what were they? Well, Pentecost comes from a Greek word which means 50th. That's because it comes 50 days after the Passover feast, another very significant moment. Passover celebrates the liberation of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt, led by Moses. And Pentecost marked the moment a little later when Moses was given the law, as they wandered in the wilderness. The law which was a precious gift from God, guiding their lives and shaping them into a new community. But both Pentecost and Passover were also agricultural feasts. Passover takes place at the time seeds are sown, and Pentecost is the feast of the first fruits, as those crops grow and ripen. According to the books of Leviticus and Numbers, God told Moses that when the people reached the promised land, they should offer the first fruits of the crops that they grew each year as a thank offering to the God who'd provided for them, reminding them of their dependence on Him, reminding them that it wasn't their own strength and ingenuity that had brought them through the desert and into their new home. In modern Jewish celebrations, People offer baskets of dates, olives, figs, pomegranates, grapes, wheat and barley at Pentecost, crops which are all ripening now in the Holy Land. So Pentecost for Jewish people was, and still is, a celebration of the abundance of the world God has made, and of his abundant love. Today's psalm told us that God creates manifold works, not just a few, and that he fills the earth and the sea with creatures. We see that abundance all around us, of course, at this time of year, even in our colder northern climes. Over the last week or so, the Vicarage Garden has exploded with greenery, even if a lot of it is just ground elder. Warmer days and copious rain have made everything shoot into growth. You turn your back for a moment and nature takes over. It's these images of abundance which are in the minds of the disciples gathered together in that room in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost as they waited and prayed. Abundance that they longed for but which they didn't really feel yet. Jesus had called them to take his message to the ends of the earth before he ascended but they were so few and the earth was so vast. They couldn't even imagine taking his message to the end of the road But into that emptiness, the Spirit of God came rushing like a mighty wind, like a raging fire. It swept them right out of the room, into the crowds, before they'd had time to wonder what was happening. And much to their surprise, God's words began to overflow from them. And oddly... Even on that day, the message did reach the ends of the earth, in some sense, because visitors from far-flung places who happened to be in Jerusalem heard what they were saying, and miraculously, they understood it. I don't pretend to understand, and certainly won't be trying to explain how that could have happened. I think we go down blind alleys when we try to make logical sense of these things. The point was that because of their emptiness... God was able to fill them. Because they knew they didn't have what they needed, they were open to the God who did. The day of Pentecost had always been about abundance for Jewish people, abundant fruits, abundant love, and these disciples discovered that it still was. Through his Holy Spirit, God blessed, empowered and moved his people, and he still does. At our midweek Zoom church last Wednesday, we found ourselves talking about a little phrase we'd heard in our Bible reading that morning. It is more blessed to give than to receive, said St Paul in Acts chapter 20. But we wondered. It seemed to us that it was a bit more complicated than that. There is blessing and challenge in receiving too. It's not always easy. We don't want to feel beholden to others. We don't want to admit our need or ask for help because we're afraid that they might pity or look down on us. But if we can't face up to our need and our powerlessness, we not only miss out on the gift, but also, and more importantly, we miss out on the love that prompted it. Of course, gifts can be given with all sorts of strings attached, with all sorts of agendas and dodgy motives, but they can also be given with compassion and thoughtfulness. And they often are. And receiving gifts like that can change our lives. We can probably all think of people who've given us things, tangible or intangible, which have transformed us, maybe in ways they never imagined. It can be as simple as a kind word or a moment's attention. But those gifts make us realise that there is help and strength and love out there which we didn't know about, that we aren't alone. If we're not open to receive gifts, we may never discover that. In today's Gospel reading, Jesus was speaking to his disciples on the night before he died. He knew that when he was crucified, the thing they'd be most aware of was his absence, the yawning gap he'd once occupied in their lives the silence where they used to hear his voice but he told them that into that space that awful void god would pour an even greater gift his holy spirit an advocate a guide a strengthening presence god's heart would beat in their hearts god's eternal life would be woven into their finite and needy lives Today you may be aware of God's abundance and be giving thanks for it, but my guess is that many of us will be aware also of what we lack, the things we need, the things we've lost, the things we long for but which seem out of reach. You open your hand and they are filled, said today's psalm of God. We may not always get what we ask for, But God calls us to trust that in his love we will get what we need. It is there on offer for us. He just longs for us to open our hands and our hearts to receive his gifts and then to keep them open so that what we have received can overflow to others in their need. So we can create a community and a world in which there's abundance for all. Amen. Let us pray. Generous God, we thank you for the abundance of your creation and the abundance of your love. Help us to live with open hands and hearts, open to receive and open to give your gifts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit to inspire and console us, present with us, in all times and in all places. We pray for the inspiration and strength of the Spirit for your Church, for this Church and all Churches. Move us and empower us to share your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, we pray for those who today are aware only of scarcity and need. We pray for those deprived of food and money, peace and joy, liberty and self-determination. We pray that you would help us to share what we have and to create just structures which enable all to enjoy the abundance you want for them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, we pray for our own community. We thank you for the beauty of the world around us and for all those who work to produce the food we need. We pray that they would know your love in the worries and burdens of their jobs. We thank you for the fruits of love, joy and peace which we see around us, for those who love us and those whom we love. We pray that you would show us how to create a community which is open to all, treasuring each other's gifts. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Generous God, we pray for those who are sick in body, mind or spirit, for those who long for healing or comfort in their distress. We pray especially for those who are on our hearts today in a moment of silence. Give grace to them and those who care for them and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Generous God, we thank you for your promise of abundant life, both now and in the world to come. We entrust into your keeping those who have died, and we pray for those who mourn their loss, who are aware today only of the space that cannot be filled, the silence where once the voice of a loved one was heard. Comfort them with the knowledge that those they love are in your safekeeping for ever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. The peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, be among you and remain with you always. Amen.